On this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we come up with our very own Netflix show. We also find out how well a pro who shot level par in every round would have done on tour this year, and loads more with myself, Chris Wright. Me, Ben Fowlis. And me, Tim Williams. Welcome back to A Slice of Golf. We're excited to be back with you guys this week. We have got a whole lot, a whole load, oh my English is terrible already, a whole load to talk about this week and I'm excited to dive into it. We've got a listener question that I'm excited to dive into as well later on. So uh, let's just dive straight in guys. Uh, Tim, I don't think has played any golf, but I'll come to you first. Tim, what's your golf been looking like the last week? <laughs> Zero. Zero. Zero golf. In my defence, um, I've been away basically for the last basically the last five days uh, at a good friend's wedding up in the Highlands. So it's not for lack of wanting. It's just, uh, yeah, I had to prioritise that. Um, so no, no goal for me. Um, yeah, did not yeah. manage to find a way to elbow some form of golf activity into uh, this wedding weekend I was away at. Um, but uh, I will be back practising this week and potentially... Not this weekend, but weekend after, I'll be back on the links. Nice. So you don't you don't feel like Haggis throwing had any kind of uh, crossover to golf at any point? No. Very, very. There's no, no. I've done I've done very little in the last nine days, which is going to set me in any better stead to play golf than it was than I was before. Copious amounts of alcohol, Highland games, and no golf. Probably not the best training for golf, but hey. And, and as the regular listeners can can probably spot already, it's uh, it's done a number on Tim's throat. Uh, it's, it's voices is <laughs> a little bit croaky. I'm going to level with you. I'm I'm pretty tired, but you know what? I'm all about giving, so I'm I'm happy to be here. You mean it's not the mic that's causing those issues? That's actually it's Tim's raspy voice, is it? Okay, that is fine. Just me and four or five days of revelry that's done that for me. Fully sending it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Benjamin, what have you been up to? Uh, had a kind of lesson and then practice session on Friday. Uh, first one in a while. Uh, was a little bit nervous. Well, not nervous going into it, kind of excited, but also apprehensive because I, I had uh, a round booked in the following day. Um, thankfully, in the lesson, we kind of pretty much didn't get past halfway up the backswing um, just changing a few bits tidying things up it's something i said to him it doesn't necessarily affect the swing but aesthetically i've always said i look way too flat in in, in the swing particularly as i start going up the bag um and he said yeah that would it will affect the swing and it's because you're doing this instead of this so uh, yeah it's changing i'm not coming away quite as steep and pulling up and out so keeping the left shoulder down and feeling like that's dropping under on the backswing. So that, that kind of changed the way the swing felt uh, and looked as well, kind of on, on Friday, which is, it didn't feel like a massive change. You know what it's like when you go to a lesson and the coach says to you, right, change this. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I've never swung a golf club before. What is this? Thankfully, it didn't feel, didn't feel too bad and, and felt like it was something I could take into, into Saturday, which was, which was good. So I went out to Epping Golf Course, my second trip around there. So it's a crazy short golf course that we've spoken about before. I think it's 4,600. I might be misquoting that. Uh, yards. So really, really, really short. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where like reds and yellows are essentially the same thing. There are some, there are two holes where the red tees are actually behind the yellows, but you get like an additional shot. 
quite an odd odd situation but um yeah played with the two lads who are both brand new to the game which um kind of just repeating myself on the last time i played with them has its challenges uh it comes with some some interesting events on the course with them having absolutely no idea for golf etiquette and rules of the game and uh, and the like uh, and i also had the oddest stretch of golf that i've ever played in my entire life when it came to scoring so holes five through nine um i went birdie nice quad terrible triple awful eagle birdie um so every other score you can think of apart from par uh and probably a hole in one uh so it was a 41 stroke front nine uh and then pretty crap on the back nine of 45 so the par is that doesn't sound too bad really but the par is significantly lower than 72 i believe i think it's about 66 65 something like that so it's not not a long course not a not, not a, a a course where you get a lot of shots that's for sure um, and I, I questioned this, the, the, the rating of the course as well, because it said I, I was playing off my normal handicap, which I felt was unusual because I, on par fours, I drove five of the greens. Um, so that felt like it shouldn't really have, have, have been uh, that generous with a handicap, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of good to be out, but lots of, lots of challenges with my playing partners. Should but we one say. immediate question. Drove how many of the greens on par fours? Five. And how many birdies did you make? Uh, three in total on the day. Um, and then one eagle. One eagle. Yeah, the eagle was a chip in though. So I didn't drive. Sorry, I kind of didn't drive the green. That the eagle I drove beyond the green. Uh, thankfully, yeah. I caught the bank before buggering off into the trees. Um, horrible lie downhill chipped in two bounces bang straight in the hole it's like hey here we go thankfully it hit the pin because i feel like it it might have gone a little bit uh a little bit beyond it had had i missed um but yeah it's uh it's really good fun the course is in great nick and for 27 pounds it's outstanding value if you get out there i just it's like i said to the boys when we're there i think we we've just been we managed to get on at 12 30 on a saturday and, and could have come you know, we were one of the, the few people out in the course. I get the feeling it's kind of hindered by its length. Um, if it was longer, uh, a, a typical length course, um, I got feeling that that course would be packed. Uh, but uh, yeah, all in was a relatively good day, but there were instances where <laughs> the big thing for me where I ended up losing my rack, but instead of losing it with them, I was just like, I'm just going to get annoyed with myself so it doesn't start an argument was where multiple times they were just playing out of turn. Like I would have a wedge in, one of them's up by the green chipping and I'm just about to hit my shot and they've just bladed one across the green and I can hear them shouting and I'm like <laughs> 60 yards out, just thinned one through the back, like for fuck's sake. And I duffed a chip when one of them was, was playing his putt and I was just Why like... are you so far back at this point? How are they up into the green already and you're still in the fairway somewhere? I mean that was one. That was the uh, that was the quad. That was the hole where I uh, where oh, I hit right. the quad. Yeah, <laughs> snap it straight straight into the trees, and then I was playing silly buggers for a bit. And um, by that point, they were kind of nudging their way down. I mean, it, it comes to a point there were uh, kind of multiple occasions where they were within kind of eye line, within kind of five five six feet of me. I'm lining up my well, getting ready to to fire with my putt, 
and those two are directly in my eye line, lining up their putts on the balls and like <laughs> down, down on the floor and checking checking the read and stuff. And I'm there, like, boys, will you just stand fucking still, please, for two, two seconds? Let me hit my shot, then you can do what you like. Um, so it's an, it's an interesting, uh, it's definitely a, a patience testing game. So, uh, do you not feel like you should step in and just be like, lads, just to let you know, the general etiquette is this? I don't know, how, how often do you, do you say it? Like, it's one of those... Uh, you know how often do you do you repeat yourself on things like that because maybe, it's... We, maybe we should just send them this podcast and be like yeah ben's, ben's getting cross at you guys <laughs> please just listen and just do what he says well no i, I did say to them at the end i was like no i, I apologize for for losing my rag with you at times he said well i didn't really notice you just looked like you were pissed off with yourself i was like all right that's how i wanted it to look and thankfully it did um but uh, yeah, there were a couple of clubs that, that, that were lucky to, to make it back in one piece. I think if you're a new golfer, you're you're looking for guidance. As long as it's delivered in the right way, I think it's okay to say, hey, just to let you know the etiquette is generally like this or like, this is the general etiquette, etc. I think people are expecting that. Yeah, I just think once it got through six, seven, eight holes... I kind of waved the white flag on that one. I was like, oh, sod it. That's, that's, that, <laughs> that ship has set sail. We're just going to have to battle through this one. So, yeah, once it got through that, I'd, I'd accepted it wasn't going to be a, a worldy round. So here's a question. You said the course is super short and you think that's the thing that's that's limiting it. It's 18 holes, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, it will definitely be 18 holes, yeah. Would they do better to turn it into like a full, much you know, bigger nine-hole course with practice facilities type thing would that be better for them do you think or would that be taking away from what it is yeah i mean it, it may do it's on a really small plot of land so they, they definitely you know they wouldn't be able to i know this wasn't part of the question but they wouldn't be able to extend the holes and make it 18 in any sense i i i suppose they could but i, I suppose it's probably all golf clubs clubs fear is okay, will that actually generate us any more income? Will nine holes entice people out, whereas 18 still would? It's a great little club as well. Like everyone was, was sat around. There were quite a few people about having a beer. There was a little kid session going on, a practice session on the putting green. Um, there's a little wedge range. So it's a, it's a really nice, really nice club. And like I said, for 27 quid, the course is beautiful. And both the boys walked off and were like, wow, this is, you know, this is the best course we've played. Obviously, they've got a very small sample size, but for that sort of money and within the, the distance of, that we're willing to drive, it was, um, it's a re- really nice place. Kept really kept well. And there's a lot of variety, to be fair. It's not it, the defense of the course is it's quite tight. There's quite a few dog legs and it's very hilly. So it's not like it's playing 4,600 yards, dead flat, no trouble, where you can just bomb it all over the place. Um, it just so happened, me hitting the green, um, my three wooden driver were just on fire on the day. And same problem I had last week. It's the it's anything less than 100 yards was, was, was the issue. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think I don't think if they were to go drop it down to nine holes, it would it would benefit it so much. So I think it's 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 a fun enough test at a short eighteen hole, but there's no there's, you know there's no need to to turn up with woods or a driver in all honesty. But just because I had them, I was like, well, let's just just get it up there. And it turns out they were, <laughs> they, were, they were pretty good on the day. It was just one unfortunate snap hook, which is not my usual shot. But that was definitely a, a lesson thing of trying to think too much and just close the club face right down. Center how it's a way gone. 
and the guys on the hole that I crossed over, they looked at me and were like, "Nah, that's that's, that's a long way gone." Long gone. Finding that. Yeah, basically. that's brilliant. Uh, awesome. My golfing exploits. Well, there was none in terms of actually out on the course. It was a range session on Saturday, and I think for those who had tuned in last week, you'll remember that I um, suffered an absolute demoralising round at Perford losing roughly 37 balls or something uh mainly due to really shit golf and just not being able to swing the club properly so back to the range i went and i was like right let's just break this down and i even, I even messaged ben beforehand being like i know i actually should be going to just get a lesson and i shouldn't just be going to work on this my own but i was like, I haven't got a lesson booked in and i'm i do actually quite enjoy the kind of the go back to my basics go back to the things i was working on before and just just go back and just embed those drills again so two things i literally focused on two things i focused the first like 30 balls just on rotation and because i felt that was something that i was really really struggling with the week uh, on the course just not getting any um rotation or rotating back but then not getting full turn through and um, starting with the lower body, so the lower body. Really that. and then wow that was that was a weird echo and then on the next lot of 30 balls i was really just focusing this is gonna sound really silly i was just focusing on low point of the swing i.e i was like where do i want the club to be at its lowest point at impact right so with the irons obviously the the goal is you're actually the lowest point of the swing is after the ball uh with your wood with your driver the lowest point is actually you know six inches behind the ball or whatever so that you're hitting the ball on on the upwards so um i just took tables varying wedge, varying from wedge to driver and just purely focused on like where the low point of my swing wanted to be and as soon as i did that everything just not not fixed but became leagues better like i wasn't hooking the driver the driver was actually going where it's supposed to go the connection was just much cleaner and i was like you know you just do that sigh of relief and you're like ah oh, okay and then i was like right i'm just going to switch to some virtual golf played nine holes where did i play can't remember where i played might have been the brokhoff stadium in sweden uh on top tracer and then you know it's a good range session when you just finish with clipping a few wedges into the little basket uh like 40 yards away so just clipped off 20 20 wedges or something at the end um I was like, I'm done. Happy days. See you later. So that's like that's that's like the universal end to a range session that you really feel like you've nailed or you've enjoyed is the, the big sticks all just go away. You're absolutely right, and that's the time you you tra- you're really uh, practicing like your proper like uh, your chips and pitches and trying to like stop them, like trying to yeah. trying to get the spin on them or into the basket or. Um, sometimes stupidly as I try out just literally trying to hit flop shots which varying degrees of success on a range but I mean it didn't really matter at that point because you think well no, yeah exactly. yes it's, it's, it's almost like those, those final 20 balls where you're like well I've worked on everything I want to work on but uh I've got to get my money's worth so I'm going to hit all 20 of these and it's just yeah. going to be little wedge shots <laughs> yeah. I've got to hit these balls before I go so it'll even be things like um it's oh and this is ridiculous. It's only at the end of something of a rain session where I felt it's gone really well that I'll then start <laughs> that I'll then start practicing the kind of shots which you'll which I'll probably need more 
to kind of get out of danger, you know, kind of like the low, you know, the low kind of punch out of, out of the woods, out of trouble and actually figuring out, oh, that's actually probably quite helpful to figure out how the board, how far the board actually go when I hit those shots because, you know, standing on the fairway and whatnot or, um, you know, trying to hit, trying to, trying to deliberately hit the ball low and just kind of larking about. So hmm, as I've talked about that, I've just stumbled across the realisation I should just probably do more of that anyway and stop leaving that until the, <laughs> the one in six rain sessions that I'm happy with. I think if you, it was ages ago when we had uh, Steve doing a live in the video, Steve Furlonger, the coach, and he was saying, yeah, like spend the first third working on your drills and your things you actually be working on. He's like, your next third is then like, what did he call it? Oh, I can't remember what type of practice he called it, where you basically take, take your six iron and you go, right, first shot, draw it. Second shot, fade it. Third shot, straight. Fifth shot, low punchy one. And like you you don't get two goes at the same shot. And you might, you know, you make a game of it and you'd be like, right, did I hit a draw? Yes, great. That went exactly how I want five points. Did I hit a fade? Did exactly how I want another five points. Did I hit it straight? Nope, sliced it. Great, zero points. So he actually recommends doing that and making a bit of a game of it and just trying to hit those different style shots so that you can so that you know that you can play them or if you can't you're practicing yep now thankfully there were no shots that i hadn't practiced that came out on saturday um but there's definitely validity in in doing that because the amount of times that i've said on here tried a shot i shouldn't have uh <laughs> tried a shot i've never practiced before fucked it yeah no surprise there so often i mean more often than i like to admit i get to a, a position on the golf course and i'm like right i'm going to try this shot and I even think to myself, have I ever done this anywhere on the range, on a course? No. Why on earth do I think this is going to work right now? <laughs> right now, in this moment. <laughs> I am not Tiger Woods. I do not have the capacity to just pull off a random shot that I've never tried before. What, I mean, what am I thinking? Bonkers. Okay, anyway, let's, let's move on from our games. Uh, let's dive into where should we go next? Let's do the pros. Let's let's review the the BMW Championship this weekend. Um, uh, let's take a look. Oh, I mean, Tim, I'm guessing you watched very very little um, over the over the weekend. Um, oh, well, I've, managed to, I've managed to catch up now and see some highlights. The the interesting experience I had was that I was kind of living living and getting updates or, or feeling how like I was watching the event virtually because a on some of the messaging groups i'm on anyway and also a few of the lads well one of the lads at the wedding i was getting some regular updates on bryson heading towards a 59 on that saturday he was heading towards 59 um before he plonked a couple in the water so i had a i had a sense that oh blimey that is that's quite the that's quite the march he's on um and then i watched back the the six hole playoff with Cantley. Um when it was basically like it was basically just watching Mac not in the not in the playoff bit, sorry, before that I did see some of the rounds on highlights today. It was literally like match play golf watching those two in the final round. It was literally like every single shot counts. Um and Cantley, I mean that's his third win is that his third win this season? Uh, Third win this year. Up yeah. to fourth. Now he's up to fourth in the world. Mm-hmm. Always going somewhere. He's, a, he's also, I kind of feel like he's quietly gone about his business as well. Like he's not really been kind of 
you, we don't really heard much about him all year. I know he's obviously won, and that sounds ridiculous saying it, but we've not spoken about him much on this podcast. You don't see him much in in, in kind of on big social media on on uh, from the PJ Tour now. I think it's possibly due to the fact that I think he's just quite a quiet, reserved guy. But you know, he's quietly put together a ridiculous year of golf, and it's obviously shown by him winning this week and heading into the Tour Champ top of the pile. For sure, I think the I I don't know how true this is, but basically. When you were watching it, you were like, he's not missing a putt. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter where on the green he is. He is dropping everything. Like, I literally everything. And I did read something somewhere earlier, and I, I do not know if this is actually correct, but it was it was on one of the um, DraftKings, you know, uh, articles that come out. And it was something like, he's actually gained the most strokes in putting since records of gained you know strokes gained in putting yeah. began so yeah. like he's had an unbelievable you know putting putting weekend which is which is incredible for him did you the do you know do you know that do you know do you know the number the stat no. 14.58 strokes gained on the field strokes gained on putting which is and honestly like you were watching him he'd be 15 feet away drop 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 like every time you're like this guy is not missing a putt and i think that's you tim you're right when it came to like the match play scenario if you are making putts like that you are not going to lose like you just physically are not going to, like you you can't one thing that i think like, I, I i actually am not gutted for bryson because bryson obviously plays some incredible golf and got himself into the mix but it showed like for me this weekend really showed bryson on a oh his golf can be what like worldly good like his golf can be incredible and if you know that you've been beaten by someone who's had the best ever strokes game putting game like he's got to be feeling pretty good about himself hasn't he like he, i know he only doesn't playoff but he's got to be feeling pretty good about his confidence going into the final round this this weekend yeah i mean i i've spoken about not being bryson's biggest fan uh, you know multiple times but i was i kind of i was watching it and i was actually oddly rooting for Bryson to take the win. I think, as we, we spoke about last last week, I think it's kind of got a bit too far on the whole Brooksy stuff. And he was still yeah. still filled in some of that shit this, this this weekend. And I kind of, I think because he got so close to the 59, and I kind of feel like he's responding pretty well to that whole yeah. scenario. Um, I was Yeah, I was actually oddly kind of rooting for him. And I was a bit gutted he didn't take the win. Because of the fact that he, you know, was was close to hitting the fifty nine on the Saturday, I was just hoping he would he would take that through. But um, did you see at one point after forty one holes of golf, he was twenty one under par? <laughs> and I was sat there going, "This is." I know we've spoken about like how do you guys feel about being twenty seven under par in a in a playoff, you know, quote unquote semi final, a playoff set, yeah, the, second round. There's a couple of things that I've read. Um, it was that it's it's unfortunate the weather conditions made it the way it was because it just yeah. the the green stuff just couldn't dry out the greens enough yeah. to make it a PGA Tour level you know test. It was just too easy. Yeah. And that unfortunately is just the element. The golf course, as all PGA Tour courses do, absolutely beautiful was pristine. Sure. But it was just as they said, it's a massive massive plot of land. Therefore, it has massive wide fairways it's yeah. bryson's ideal because he doesn't have to hit little wedge shots here the little shots out the rough he can just bomb it and and, and yeah. get on the green and and he knows that anything is going to stick on the green he can he can you know make a putt because as we said before he's clearly a fantastic putter of the ball yeah 
Yeah. It's just not quite as good as Cantlay this weekend. <laughs> yeah. That has been. Yeah. He was obviously getting, there was a bit more love going on for Bryson um, from the crowd. Um, the one moment where, I don't know if you guys saw it, where I think, like, I don't know what hole it was, but I think he took out like an iron and like the crew, the, the crowd, tongue in cheek, obviously, kind of going like, because <laughs> obviously they'd all come to see him hit, hit go go full beans and then he actually sort of laughed put the iron back and then took out a wood and I was like <laughs> and he was loving it and getting a bit more enjoyment out of it so and actually given everything we've talked about and let's be honest borderline bullying he's get he's he gets most weeks I, I'm actually with with Ben on this one I actually I actually was rooting for him a little bit this week um yeah, so, but at the same time, I think for someone to go out and shoot, I think it was just, ended up being 60. Was it 60 or 61 Saturday? 60, yeah. Um, for someone to go out and shoot that and to still be chased down by someone else is uh, it's just awesome to watch. But at the same time, on the total scoring front, you guys know where I, I'm pretty sure you guys know where I stand on this particular side of the fence. It just, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Because I I enjoy seeing birdies, and and I enjoy seeing like the monster putts being drained. But I don't like 27, 27 under par mm-hmm. is like that they've not been challenged. No, like, they've actually not been challenged. Do you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. You feel like by the end of it, not a single player was under par. Sorry, not a single player was over. over. Every single player was under par. And something, something that I saw as well, and it's, I may just be throwing myself under a bus and getting this completely wrong, but I think the rating of the course is like 75 as well, which suggests the course is, is pretty hard, right? And it just kind of makes me think, these guys are shooting 27 under par, making it look crazy easy. Yet we're playing significantly easier golf courses and shooting like 20 over or whatever. Just yeah. a small matter of like a 50-stroke yeah. margin yeah. on... And they're playing uh, massive courses. Yeah, it just that was one thing I I kind of saw that score and was like, they're just so impressive at how easy they make it look. Yeah, um, because I, I'm I'm sure that is not an easy golf course. If we were going around no, there, we'd probably get absolutely beaten up. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. These guys are ripping it to shreds. Yeah, I mean, maybe not as beaten up as going somewhere like Kiowa Island, but still, I don't think we'd walk off being like, hey, best round ever. Yeah, just ridiculous. So that, is, that was mad. Another thing that I wanted to point out um, and love seeing, Rory. Yeah. Was he tied fourth in the end or something like that, something up there? Um, and did you see his comments? Um, I think it was after round one about his driver in Threewood. Hmm how he basically had been rooting through his uh, garage and found his old driver and three wood and has pulled that out and has used that this week. And it's, I was like, well, that's clearly working. Definitely, definitely keep them in the bag. Because yeah, I, 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 I saw his statement. He, he launched his three wood in the, um, in the river uh, in Jersey, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And, and as a result, got his old three wood out and his old driver and clearly it's working. Uh, which is really cool. Anything else from the BMW Championship? Anything else either of you wanted to point out? Yeah, I got two little bits. Unpopular okay. opinion, but it is my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. PGA Tour golf is better without fans. I watched <laughs> a lot of the golf the other day, and my god, just just shut up! 
like we've <laughs> spoken about it before, but some of the shite that comes out of people's mouths um, from the fans' perspective is ridiculous. Um, and See, something that's okay, quite... so, so there's, there's two sides to this, right? Because can't they dropping parts? Even even like the whole which playoff hole was it? The par three where Bryson put it to what? Yeah, seventeen. Crowd went nuts. Yeah. I love that. And then Cantley steps up and he puts it to three feet, and the crowd is going freaking wild. That I love. That I can't. I couldn't yeah. ever get rid of that. The mashed potatoes and that crap. Sure, let's. I think I think getting the hole for me is very quickly chasing down mashed potatoes is just a ridiculous yeah. shout. Like, yeah, that that is the aim of the game, buddy. Well done. Good work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a second take. Something that I found quite amusing and. It, it's probably going to bring us back into play and give us a bloody good chance. The American Ryder Cup team hate each other. <laughs> they, 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 they are not fans of each other, are they? That is, can you imagine how just how frosty that team dressing room is going to be? You're on the coach on the way in. You, you turn to someone next to you like, no, don't like you. Turn the other <laughs> way. No, don't like you. Right. Like, who the fuck am I going to talk to? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Chris, this was, this was definitely your post that you put to us within the group, but just to kind of put it out to... Uh, everyone's just to, just to confirm Brooks and Bryson really don't like each other Cantlay and Bryson really don't like each other Brooks and DJ really don't like each other um and then the other one's Patrick Reed who probably no one is a massive fan of yeah. so yeah I mean I'm increasingly thinking this Europe can do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna yeah. do it they Based almost entirely on team dynamics. Yeah. yeah. America being because their own we, enemy. We haven't got talent if going by the world rankings, and we haven't got a lot of form, really. If you start yeah. looking through the team, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, God, they're, they're definitely more in form. They've got a lot of recent winners. But yeah. um, they all hate each other, and that doesn't make a good team. So we're going to win it, basically. Help. For sure. Um let's go European tour before coming back to Fantasy League. Did either of you, because I've watched almost zero of this. However, I did see who the winner was. Uh, ben, have you seen who the winner was? I did. I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> I'll have been put on the spot. Quickly right now. Uh, I'll just tell you. It was your Oh, man, yeah, it was Rasmus. Rasmus. It was Rasmus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I commented on the European tour's post. It's like, my, my guy. <laughs> My guy, my guy, uh, which is awesome. So, because he's kind of, I feel like he's not been had a, had an amazing season. Although I'll probably fet someone will stats me and be like, yeah, that's actually totally incorrect. But um, it's good to see him. That's his third win now, I think, on this third season or this, this year. Is this yeah, time. yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, fan- let's just do fantasy league. Let's get this out of the way. Uh, fantasy league, obviously, for uh, the BMW Championship. Day one, it started, and I, I looked at my score and thought, tell you what, I'm on a roll here. I'm doing all right. And then I looked at the leaderboard, and I was like, I'm in second. Okay, who's in first? Tim. Okay. I think he was already 100 points ahead of me on day one. <laughs> and it then didn't – It then I never closed the gap. In fact, by the end of day play on day four, someone had snuck up into second – and I scored what I thought was a very, very respectful, something with 567 points or something like that. And then I was just like, where is Tim? Tim's on another planet. Tim, just talk us through. What, what did you end up on? Uh, how do you feel about your performance <laughs> last, uh, over the weekend? 
So my only disappointment was that I thought at one point I might be on for a 700-point week, yeah. which would have been ridiculous. Well, I finished on 787 points, which... At one that... point, you had... At one point, you had three people tried for first and one yeah. person in second. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is actually unheard of. And my only saving grace was I was like, right, well, worst case scenario or best case scenario for me is he gets to the end. They aren't all finished first. So he's going to drop a few points because two of them will have to come <laughs> second. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I finished with first, second, ninth and two tied 17th places so that's that's fairly strong also um i'm not sure if this stat genuinely means how many people within the league picked him um but if it is then it's interesting that cantley was drafted by about 13 percent of people i think think that's that's, across i think that's what the stat means yeah Um, i don't know if it's just the league or if it's i think it's across every everybody i think it's everybody playing so having Picking the winner when only that when I'm one of only thirteen percent that picked him is is pretty much always going to put you in fairly fairly good stead. Um, and Michelle, the same actually. Yeah, exactly. So no, that that went um, that was that was that was that was really great. And I was I was actually genuinely considering putting Rory in um, at the start of the week, and I had the funds, but I would have needed to take him out for. To be fair, I would have had to replace him with John Rahm. And going into the week, I was thinking, mm, Ram, you've got to back Ram at the moment over Rory. Um, so, I mean, I mean, Ram still came in ninth, still gave me <laughs> well over 100 points. So, I mean, it's not as if he did bad. Um, but I do have some beef with uh, DraftKings. Only wow. in a jokey way. So, so we sorry, you, you've won, you've won the money and you've now got beef. You've had your best week <laughs> ever. Yeah, let's hear this beef. So we were talking about this just before we, before we started recording. So the, the league we're in, there's obviously a, a rolling league table. And I'm, I'm annoyed that I'm not first because I believe my performance is better than the person that's first. <laughs> and, and statistically, it's hard, to, it's hard to argue that your performance isn't uh, the best uh, in, the, in the current league. So I'm not quite sure what, how they come up with their their rankings because it's not done on money it's not done on wins or places I, I honestly don't know so um i i know that that's not a feature that they focus on heavily but i feel like they should well they I, should I just want the, job, i right? just want the bragging rights um i'm also and we can obviously save this for this little section i also want to know where i am in our little league right in our little league uh i can give you that uh, you obviously added three more points which uh, takes you up to 42. Unfortunately, Ben is still top with 44 points. Oh, I had a stinker of a week. Thankfully, yeah, we just ben had one, every, you one, sh- one, sh- one shit week and just everyone just play badly. When are we rolling this competition to? I can't remember what we agreed. So this, Well, this is my question. I, like, By the way, I'm on 23 points, just the 20 points behind you too. Um, <laughs> Because on the basis that I'm two points behind Ben, I I don't think we can finish this after the uh, Tour Championship. See, I I was actually thinking we should finish it after the Tour Championship, like, oh, and then start it again. The new season officially starts like the week later. Um, so yeah, I so ba- okay. Well, actually, no, let's do that because that now makes this interesting. So basically, I have to win 
and Ben has yeah. to come last this yeah. week for me to yeah. pit him to the title. And that's yeah. the only way I can win. Correct. Yeah. And the other reason that I think, and the other reason <laughs> I think we should end it this week, uh, because I'm obviously never catching up. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. you want to start fresh as soon as possible. Well. I mean, I mean, and the yeah, reason I, mean, I want to start fresh is because I mean, if you go back over the last the question on your behalf, um, so, you're not part of my thinking in that question. <laughs> no, fair enough. I, I'm I'm being I'm being entirely selfish here. Uh, if you go back over the last thirteen weeks, Tim, you have eighteen points. Yeah. Then you have seventeen points, and I also have seventeen points. So Whoa. clearly, the last thirteen weeks have been much more competitive than the first fourteen, or however many it was, where I got about three points total. So very, very um, slow out the gate. I'm I'm hoping that in season two, I'll be able to actually mount more of a challenge, or at least not be twenty points behind. Yeah, Cute. yeah. I reckon <laughs> we should end it after this weekend, end of the season for the PJ Tour. Because uh, cool. that's the league that we focus most on. And um, yeah, so Tim, you need the win this weekend. Okay. And you need me, you actually need me to come second. Yeah, I could actually do with you turning up, but not really. But not well like properly up. turning up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'll, 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 maybe I'll, I'll share my team with you and you go, oh, could you swap him out for him? Because I don't think he'll <laughs> do quite as well, but he'll be better than Ben's. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. I'd, 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 rather, I'd rather win, honestly. <laughs> fair, fair. Okay, cool. So, what I want to do is which way around should I do this? Let's do the game second. So, let's do the listener question. Listener question first. We had someone write in, uh, Dan wrote in, he's like, What question for you guys? He did say that he'd had a couple of beers uh, while, while <laughs> ruminating over this question. So, All but I think it's a good question. Done. So, the question was basically, and I want you guys to, to share your answer. Should you go for more clubs in your bag, swing the same swing and fill your distances that way? So basically just add more clubs up to the limit, obviously, to fill the distances. Or should you have less clubs but be able to hit different shots? Which is ties nicely in with what Tim said he was going to go do practicing at the range. So he's basically saying more clubs to fill the distance to fill the distances, the gaps in your bag, or should you be able to have should you have less clubs and be able to hit different shots? that makes sense you yeah. so it's, it's this this it's, so this isn't this is like a theoretical would you rather question rather yeah than i like guess it. so or, yeah, or, or what do you think is or what do you think is the right so, so, it's literally, so it's literally have more clubs yeah or have less clubs but be able to hit more shapes is that correct so either have more like have more clubs and just be able to like swing one swing or is it more beneficial to have fewer clubs but be able to hit different shape shots to create those distances Gotcha. I'm going to come to Ben first because Ben looks like he's ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I've got a couple of couple of schools of thought with this one. I actually feel the first one is a better option, but then I'm going to caveat by saying I have one less club in my bag than what I am allowed. I have 13 clubs, not 14. So I kind of have a foot in both camps. I would like to see golf go down the route that a lot of the elder pros uh, talk about of reducing the amount of clubs in the bag so then you have to play loads of different shots I like the thought process behind that and I like I would like it if golf headed in that direction because it shows more skill than just having one stock swing yeah. without you know chucking him in the dirt for this one a la Bryson DeChambeau because he knows he's you know that's 
when you listen to him, I've listened to a few podcasts of him. That was his whole idea around building his golf swing, make it as mechanical as possible. So that's exactly the same, regardless of whether he has uh, a 58 degree wedge in his hand all the way to like a three iron driver, all that sort of stuff. Um, I like the second route, but I feel currently with the rules the way they currently are, I would rather have more clubs and just swing the same so that it feels the same all the time. Interesting. Okay. Interesting take on that. Okay, Timbo? I really like the idea of a new regulation coming into the professional game where you can only take a designated number of clubs in any, on any round and therefore mm. you have to pre-select your clubs prior to the round starting. So maybe you go with like... I mean, obviously, you goes. This is all theoretical, so I can go as crazy as I want. Maybe you only get to take seven clubs with you. Like a bit like the four club challenge, a bit like the four club challenge we did last year, but not yeah. as, not as extreme. But um, I think that just, I think that that would be actually really interesting because I think that brings because that brings the kind of the thought element back to it, and people having to think their way around the golf course and play creatively and. Mm. I actually think that would be a better spectacle to watch of having to watch someone play creatively on distance that a shot a distance they would normally I don't know hit hit a wood and I don't know green and green in one or green in two or conversely if they're in trouble and they don't have like a rescue or their equivalent club that they would normally use to play out of danger how are they going to play that shot so I, I from a pro standard point of view i think that would be really really fascinating and actually a really cool and actually that would make it really interesting because then you'd have to get the play, the players declaring what the clubs are in advance it'd be a bit like we weirdly cross over with golf and formula one a lot on oh, yeah we do yeah like, I, 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 I agree how it keeps happening but it's a little bit it would bring a little bit to the kind of um you know the team strategies in formula one kind of thing um, so I would actually really, really like to see that in in the program, the the pro game. Within my own game, to be quite honest, there are a few clubs in my bag which I very, 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 very rarely use. Um, from a confidence point of view, or just from a you never happen to be at that yardage type thing. Um, well, I suppose one comes from the other. So, for example, for me, a five iron rarely gets used. Um, in a round for me because usually it's, it's basically I have more confidence taking a bit off or gripping down on a four hybrid than I right. do trying to kind of trying to hit my five iron to the max if that makes sense yeah. I'm much more likely to I think if you're if you're if you're trying to hit a five iron to the limit of your ability with this is why anytime you're trying to hit something to the max you're going to there can be a recipe for disaster put in there. Um, conversely, with weird confession, I actually have two different pitching wedges in my bag. I have one pitching wedge that goes 130 and I have one that goes 120. And I just really like that. And I know that I can really consistently hit those distances with those clubs. So for some reason, I keep those in the, I keep both of those in the bag. Yeah, there's just no different to having a pitch wedge or a you know gap wedge or whatever, right? It's just to say you just got that. Just they both. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah. It's just saying pitch and wedge on the yeah. bottom, printed How on the bottom. It's just slightly different. Isn't you it? obviously know which one's which. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they're different, they're different brands. Right. Um, so I know exactly which ones they are. Um going back to the, I suppose, going back to the question for us, personally, I would probably <laughs> for, for my personal game, I'd probably keep all the clubs because yeah. I'm more often than not gonna probably need to use a broader spectrum of clubs on any one round. Um whether it be a you know a bump and run using an eight iron or hitting a low little punch out of out of danger out of the trees using a I don't know a six iron the the way my game is I need all the help I can get I need all yeah. the help I can get that is really <laughs> yeah. my um, but in the pro game I'd go the other way because I'd really like to see the strategic and announcement free round of who's hit who's taking what who's not like. Bryson might just come up like one week, like, yeah, I'm just not even taking the driver this week. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was probably quite a long, convoluted answer, but hopefully there was a modicum of sense in there. No, I like it. I think I, because I haven't even considered the pro side of it. And I like the, I think that's a good pitch for a new format for the pros. I think that's definitely, we always seem to suggest formats and then it turns up in the PJ Tour like three months later. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure this one doesn't already exist. <laughs> so, and I think that's one that I would, I would love to see that. I, I absolutely think that would be great. Like, yeah, okay, you've got eight clubs that you can take, nine clubs that you can take, whatever it is. You can I mean, as, as, with, with as, as a player, think how much fun it was when we when we did the four yeah. club challenge. Like, it was so much fun. There was a lot of crap golf in there, but it made it, yeah, a great day. And 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 you could quite easily do that with the pros and be like, come on, then, let's see who's good enough. Let's see who's mm-hmm. really good. Pre-round, we'd never had a round where there was so much suspicion and going <laughs> to try and get each other to a net to sort of inform what what are you taking? Or someone would make the mistake of make the mistake of announcing one of the clubs they were definitely taking before being absolutely taken down by the rest of the group. Saying, "For <laughs> you don't need that." Um, by the way, for, for those of you who are listening, you, as as Ben said. I cannot, we cannot recommend enough. If you have a little comp with your mates, the four club challenge, mm. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fun. And I think it got to, it got to the stage. There was so much sledging going on. People were genuinely considering not taking a butter. And there were a few yeah. people that were like, yeah, my, my putt with a hybrid. <laughs> For sure. No, I think, so I love that. I think that should be, that should definitely be a new format in the PGA tour. I think that would be, I genuinely, they would do it as a taster event. And honestly, I would happily see that week in, week out. I think that would be great. Uh, I went more down the uh, like the kind of the amateur route. And I've got, what I wrote down here was, it depends. And I wrote, it depends on when you start and what your goals are. So I said, if you're starting off as a kid and you want to be good, fewer clubs, learn to hit every different shot, every different yardage with every different club, like learn that side of it. So I might like with Noah in a few years when he's, when he obviously is going to love golf, hopefully maybe um, I wouldn't, I'd just give him a, a, you know, and I think that's the junior sets only come with like three clubs or whatever. But even as he grew up, I'd be like, no, fewer shot, fewer clubs learn to hit the different shots. Because I do believe that will make you a better player. And then when you add the other clubs in, you then have the ability to hit a whole, a whole range more of shots. If you're starting in your thirties, and you want to be single figures, I would say have all the clubs, but practice the different shots. So do what Tim's going to do this week. He's going to go to the range. He's got all the clubs, but he's going to practice the different shape shots, the different styles, etc. 
because I think, as you guys have alluded to, we want to make our lives easier. If you're starting in your 30s and 40s and you're like, I don't care if I get below a 20 handicap and or you can't really practice that often, just have all the clubs, have the distances that you know that you can hit and practice that one swing. Yep. That was kind of my, my take on it. Very good, coach, right? Very nice. <laughs> that was my... That was my immediate thoughts on it. Um, I like how that question has led us down the route of a new PGA Tour format as well. So that's great. Also, can I just throw, I'm going to throw something in here. There's something that's been happening over the last few weeks, which is we thought was a coincidence. And now I'm, now I'm not so sure it's a coincidence. Um, what's been happening is, and for the listeners, this will be, this will be quite interesting. See if you can spot this out there in the, in the Facebooks and the Instagrams of the world. We release our podcast normally on like a Tuesday, sometimes a Wednesday. And then what's been happening, kind of two days after release, a certain publication, I'm not going to say which publication, releases an article with a topic that we have spoken about and covered on the podcast. The first time that happened, I thought, this publication is huge. This is just pure, utter coincidence. We're just in the world of talking about the same things. The second time, the third time, I'm like, hmm. It starts becoming question marks. And then last week, was it last week? It was like time number four, maybe five, this has happened. And I'm like, okay, this is now beyond. This is now, and I even messaged Tim. I was like, Tim, did you go, where did you find this info? Where did we Where did we look at it? And you came back and like, no, I had to dig real deep to find some of those, some of those, uh, rules that we covered in in last week and there it was on this publication an article written about at least one maybe two of the rules that we we discuss so if we now see on in two days time a new pga tour format suggested which which happens to be like an eight or a nine club challenge uh, i feel like we will know that this person listens to the show we're Which calling shenanigans. Way? Say that again. We're calling we're calling shenanigans on them if we see them do it again. We, we'd call shenanigans. Shenanigans. Shaggins. Shaggins. it would be awesome to know that someone is taking some of our content and, and utilizing it on a on a major publication. That would be really really cool for a start. Just give us a shout out. Would be lovely, yeah. and we'd love to have it be featured on your on your on one of your articles. That would be amazing. So, if you are that person, please actually reach out. <laughs> You probably know where we are. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you, and we would love to uh, love to be featured on your on your publication. So, just going to throw it, stick that one in there, just in case you're thinking to yourself, "That's a great idea. I'm going to use that in two days' time." Um, yeah, that about covers that. I think that's fair. Let's move on from there. And Dan, hopefully that's answered your question about the um, the, the clubs. Good question. Thank you for throwing that out and by the way if you're listening and you think i've got questions i'd love these guys to answer as well and give their hackers viewpoint of please like throw them at us we'd love to ask them ask away on twitter facebook messenger in the group wherever we love it when we get questions from from listeners so throw them at us for sure uh where does this take us now oh yes okay i've got a game i've got a game of higher or lower this isn't a long game don't worry there's only there's only a few there's only a couple of questions this won't take long to do uh listeners obviously play along because uh, I think you're going to enjoy this. Uh, every year, uh, there is a an article that's written, 
uh, on lots of the publications do this. They probably all copy each other. Uh, and I'm borrowing this one from, I think it was Sports Illustrated. Uh, I'll put the link in the, uh, in the notes when we share it. But the question is, over the course of this season, let's call this person, I think they called him Ben Parr, this make-believe golfer. He shoots level par on every hole, on every round. The question I have, and they, these are going to come to your higher or lower questions, how well would he have done this year on tour? So, oh, okay. level par every round. No matter where we're playing, level par. No majors and no WGCs, just standard tour events. So here's the story. He takes autumn off because he wants to uh, wants to work on his game. He starts in 2021 at the he's in Hawaii at the Tournament of Champions is the first one. He plays 20 events. My question for you out of those first question out of those 20 events, how many cuts does he make? Is it higher or lower than nine? Even par. Higher. I'm going to go. If you like to put a number on it, feel free to put a number on it. I'm going to say 14. Okay, so shoots level par. Ben, you're saying he would make the cut 14, 14 times. times. Okay. Did you say how many? Okay, how many events? 20 events. Higher or lower than nine cuts? I think higher than nine. Uh, sorry, he's shooting even par. Level par. Every tournament. Every tour, every hole. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very standard, yeah. boring golfer. Can't make a putt. Yeah, it's higher than nine. It's definitely higher than nine. Uh, Do you want to put a uh, number on it? 14 is a really good number. Uh, 15. Okay. Out of 20 events, you are both wrong. He makes seven cuts. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you shoot level par in every round he makes this year he makes seven cuts out of 20 now i've, I've kind of got three things with that are the golf courses too easy or is it players now are just significantly better than what they used to be because i swear to god even par used to be a really good score and would have kept you in golf tournaments or is it all the equipment and tech that good that players haven't got better, courses haven't got easier. It's just the equipment and tech is that much better that it makes the game well, easier. If you add in, obviously, if you add in the US Open, this changes because shooting level par at the US Open would have been a really good score, right? Yeah. So I think that changes things. That's why I've said no, no WGCs, no majors. But in 20 regular tour events, level par. That's, that is nuts. Yeah, isn't that right? Okay, so this this is why I wanted to play this game. Okay. I think my, my little to, my little kind of task at the moment is to play off red tees to try and get as close to the yeah. bar as I can. And well, it turns out I wouldn't even wouldn't even make the cut in most tournaments if I. Oh, <laughs> um, so then let's go on because we can carry this conversation on. This is fine. How much does he earn in prize money? So bear in mind he's only made seven cuts. How much does he earn in prize money? Is it higher or lower than three hundred thousand dollars? Well, I would assume when he's playing in these golf tournaments where he's making cuts, they're not alternate events, but they're the smaller events because a lot of the big players aren't there to push the score way beyond a certain point. So you said higher or lower than what? 300K. 300K. Six events. I'm saying lower than. Se seven events. Seven events. 
Yeah, I'm saying lower than. Okay. Um, yeah, I think three, two. Because three hundred k is still a lot of crust. That's a that's a, still a lot of cash. I know the PGA Tour pay a lot, but I've seen some of the you know prize money for like seventy. If it's not, you know, it's it's good. But. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sorry, just just run this through. The, just run through this again for me, Chris. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> He's shot level par on every. <laughs> What are you struggling with here, Jim? I just I just want to be triple sure of all the details. Okay, he so he turns up on Thursday, he shoots yeah. level par. He yeah. turns up on Friday, he yeah. shoots level no, par. I get that. I get I get the even <laughs> level par. That's an easy bit. And what I would know is so he out of when he does that, he makes seven cuts and will then yeah. finish level par at the end of the Sunday. So, right, so he's still level part after the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, he's still level part every he's round. Never higher. So, he's never higher. Okay, fine. So he's never no, higher Tim, he's, he's shooting level par. It sounds like I'm, I'm asking questions. I'm just running through the, the, the cogs in my brain are whirring, are whirring and, I'm, and I'm articulating as I go. Okay. Um, uh, so the question is, how much does he earn in prize money? Is it higher or lower than 300k? This is very difficult. It's a good drum roll. Higher. Hi, I was, I was say I was just going to give the the fans a warning that we hadn't frozen. Uh, yeah. That Tim was just sat here thinking. I can't put. Tim I can't, is going I'm, not, I'm not even going to try and put number on it, but higher. No, that's fine. Uh, I can confirm, Tim, you are correct, and yes. he would have earned three hundred twenty-three thousand dollars over those oh, seven crikey. events that he made the cut in. So the reason so now the only that doesn't there, factor in. So the only reason I got there was because I was trying to remember that we talked about male uh, PGA and LPGA uh win it uh awarding and it was something like i can't remember there was a guy who's who's like 48 or something on a particular weekend that he still took home something like 40 grand mm-hmm. but that's that's for everyone's listening apologies for the last bit dragging out but that's <laughs> kind of where my head was i love it okay so t- tim's one up okay that three hundred twenty-three thousand dollars. where on the money list would this place him would it place him higher or lower than 150th? Oh, I started looking at this earlier on for something else that we've got going on. Um, shit. I was looking at these exact figures. You said 150th. 150th. Would he be higher or lower than 150th? 300. He would be higher than, I believe. And just, just oh, to clarify, which, which way are you I, going so sorry, yeah, I'm going like w- way lower. I've oh, just thought about wait, it. Like, wait, wait, wait. I'm so like, let's, I'm let's fairly go. sure there are people in the hundred, like in the early like one hundreds, that are way north of a million. So I'm like, no, these guys. Just for clarity, in this situation, are we? We're saying one is the highest. Yeah, one's right. the highest. I'm, I'm going lower. I'm going below. Yeah, I feel yeah, like I've just. I reckon, I reckon he's like. 200th or something okay you are both correct he is lower he's 183rd and he would be just below luke donald this year who made 333k this year and just bearing in mind 
333k sounds like a decent wedge, but if you've traveled to 20 events, you've paid your caddy 10% or whatever of that, you've probably stayed in hotels, you've probably eaten food, you've like there's a lot of expenses that go into this. Paid your I coach. know you'll have sponsorships, etc., but to shoot level par. You've missed out on the FedEx Cup playoffs, obviously. You're 183rd. You're nowhere near those. Uh, ben Parr is going back to working on his game these last few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I, I know you're, you're you're trying to play devil's advocate here and make us feel sorry for Ben Parr, but Ben Parr is, is still earned a nice chunk of change for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for, a, for a distinctly <laughs> average year. Yeah. Wouldn't, okay. mind, wouldn't mind being Ben Parr, actually. Uh, so now let's let's just play a little extra step to this game. I haven't been able to get the exact stats for this because I don't have access to the stats and the article didn't cover this. But I've gone back and looked at previous years and the numbers are actually really, really consistent with the level par person. So I've just kind of extrapolated okay. that and gone for um, gone for that. Basically, level par makes the cut 35% of the time um, is what it works out across like the last four years or something. So I kind of went and went one step further. So if we now go... I don't know what I haven't got a name for this guy, but this guy then makes shoots one under in every round. Right? So at the end of the weekend, Tim, he would be on what? Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> he'd, be four, he'd be on four under at the end of the weekend because he's shooting one under every round. Um I'm only gonna ask one one higher or lower question. Uh how many at the same twenty 20 events, how many cuts does he make? Is it higher or lower than 12? Bearing in mind, level par made you seven. Oh, higher than 12. I think to make the cut, you'd be two under. And I think that that makes it on most golf tournaments. I think that would be up near 18, 19 cuts made. I can't imagine there being too many. I think the difference will be that big as well. I'm trying to give nothing away here, like deadpan. Yeah, I think, I think. Ben's probably onto something, to be honest. Uh, 16, 17? Okay. Tim is closer. The answer is higher. Uh, he would make 13 out of 20 events. Wow. 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 Uh, so two under after Friday would get you into 65% of the weekends. Jeez. So one shot different over two, so two shots over two rounds gets you more than double or almost double, sorry, almost double the amount of cuts. Uh, it's just and, crazy to think how easily we just dispose of shots on a golf course. Know, yeah, right. and, and, and part of my like going into this was when, when the pros are striving for that one shot, like when you look at this stuff, you go, Oh my, like one shot really can make quite a significant difference. Prize money, uh, prize money for Ben Parr was 333 K prize money for this guy uh would be 685k wow uh, and i believe would make the fedex cup playoffs so that's the difference wow how cool is that right i'm quite enjoying going through that yeah. um should we do that do you want to go into the final section or should we what do you want to do do you guys want to do this final section go for yeah. it they're both nodding at me okay cool awesome so uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you'd have seen over the last couple of days, I posted that I've just started watching uh, F1 Drive to Survive. 
I'm already hooked. I'm already into it. Uh, and I don't think I've ever watched a full F1 race in my life before. Uh, kind of pay attention to it, but I'm not like I'm not there waiting for the, the qualifying and the races every every week, whatever. However, three episodes in, I'm already kind of like, okay, I now need to pay more attention. I need to watch this a bit more. So it immediately got me to thinking, what would the Amazon or Netflix golf, whatever you want to call it, documentary show be? You know, we've got the all or nothings. We've got, uh, Ben, you mentioned the NFL one. What's it called? Hard knocks. Hard knocks. Like we've already got them for lots of sports. What would the golf one be? What would we pick? What would our pitch to Amazon slash Netflix be for the, the golf version of this? Because, for me, it was it's the F one. Like, I love the all or nothings. I think they're great. I think the in the, across all the different sports, right? It's football, American football. The rugby one was great. So I think it's for me, it just gives you that insight, that behind the scenes that we just don't get. And I think it really gets us into a sport that you wouldn't necessarily be like. For me, F one, I would never necessarily look at this. And now I'm like, okay, tell me more. Be like, get, I'm in. Like, tell me more about it. So. And Tim, just amusing that we talked about the F1 earlier as well. So it kind of crosses over nicely. So my question to these guys was, uh, I want you to come up with a pitch that we're going to take to Netflix or Amazon. Uh, and by the way, Netflix or Amazon, if you're listening, please get in touch with you uh, if you like. Probably like Ben's idea because he's really been going into this, I think. Uh, we will happily discuss this with you for sure. So we'll also, again, call shenanigans if we describe something and then out it magically appears in six months' time on Netflix. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what I've said is I want to know what would your structure of the show be, uh, who or what would like, what would you be following, uh, what would be your, you know, your ideal season one, uh, what would the name of your show be, what would this be, and and Ben, I'm going to come to you first because I feel like you've been giving this quite a lot of thought, which I thoroughly enjoy. So Ben, let's go to you. Yeah, so I got very much carried away with this and I got quite excited by this. People say to me all the time, oh, have you seen this series or do you watch this TV or have you seen this movie? Typically speaking, I don't watch TV unless it is live sport or a series about sport. So I've seen you know, pretty much every sport series there is to go and watch. And as soon as you said this, I was like, amazing. This I would sit down and watch this uh, and really binge on it. Um, so to keep it really simple and, and quite vanilla, but it's you know exactly what's coming when you see the tour on uh, Netflix. So we're just going to keep it keep it simple and, and, and keep it the tour. So this um, something that, that kind of got, again got me excited about uh, kind of creating this was um, we're currently in preseason for the NFL. I'm a big NFL fan, and the NFL Hard Knock series. I love it because every season i think it's only six a six parter uh and it basically showcases the, what they go through in preseason, and it's narrated really well it's set up amazingly so that you see what they're like in film room in the team meetings the players as individuals what they're like on a practice field what they have to go through on the day-to-day just to get on the field um so i basically mirrored it um so the narrator i'm actually keeping the same because I think he's the best sports narrator there is for a series. And it's Liev Schreiber. Um, the you have act- really got in depth on this. Okay. Wow. Right? Well, because <laughs> I was just like, he's got such a distinct and perfect voice for it. I'm just like, well, let's just keep the same as Hard Knocks. That's it's who narrates. So you, so you, is, and is this person, is Lee Schreiber, is he an NFL 
you know, ex NFL player or anything? Or? No, no, no. Lee Schreiber, actor, uh, Hollywood actor. So he played Victor, uh, Wolverine's brother in the X Men Origins. Right. Okay. Great. Or if you were a bit older, he played Cotton Weary in the Scream films of the 90s. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I'm with yeah you. He's, in, he's in a lot of movies. And, you know, I like to keep my movies real, real simple, uh, apparently, <laughs> and quite childlike. Um, so for this, because golf's, you know, it's, it's a different animal. You know, American football is really condensed. Uh, Hard Knocks is, is over the six weeks of preseason. So I've had to extend it out. So have got 16-part series. So you get two episodes a month. This is so that you can keep up to it in somewhat in real time. Because I don't want to watch something in November about a tournament that happened in April. I want to sure. see the build-up and the makeup and see what players are going through to hit that tournament. So two episodes a month. Okay. Um, and I've based the idea and who I'm about to talk about on if this show is being filmed this season. All right, so it's fairly key for the structure. So with the Hard Knocks, I think the reason why I love it so much and why it's, it's so good is is it, you then find out about the individuals. So they go into the individual's background. They see them, uh, what they do away from the NFL field, that you meet their family, you see them at family barbecues and all that sort of stuff. So I've picked five players at the top of their game that we're going to follow closely. So we'll see clips of their home life, gym sessions, practice sessions with their coach, rounds with their friends just on the casual in their local course, what they do away from golf for fun. Um, and then we're going to see a lot of their on-course performance quite closely. So players, I think, who would make great TV in this. John Rahm, because I just think he's a character and has obviously had a worldy season. Tony Finau, just because he's everyone's favourite guy. Cameron Smith, because you, you can't leave out that mullet and everything that that, that brings. Uh, Joel Damon, just because I follow him on social media and him and his caddy, Gino, are box office to follow on social media if you don't follow them already do so and then kevin kisner because by the sounds of it anytime kiz is away from the tour he's out having fun with the boys back home and he seems like one of the guys so you'll get a real good mix of a deep dive onto their lives lives on tour away from the tour and then i've gone right we you can't just have that so you need to, to pad it out so i've got a cluster of 10 different players on just below them that they'll closely follow but not as focused as the main five and it will only be when they're on tour, when they're at tour events, what they do for prep, practice, rounds, um, downtime, how their performances, their daily routine. So we have five big players. We're going JT, because I just love Justin Thomas. Uh, Bryson, because he's a fruitcake and it would just be quite interested to see what it's like on a day-to-day. Rory, because I think he's just brilliant when it comes to camera stuff and it would just be interested to see. Obviously, he's gone through quite a lot this year um, in his game. And then two, which are interesting for multiple reasons i went with song jm the pressure of the olympics and what that meant for military service because i think getting an insight into that would be different to any other tour player and then hideki matsuyama obviously big year this past year for him and he's got you know what other big japanese golfers are he's got a whole nation on his shoulders that's a different Mm -hmm. different story and then you know i think one thing the pj tour does well or doesn't do well depending on where which way you look at it you don't know much about the players that are struggling on the bubble that are struggling to keep their card we only see the highlight and i think it's as with anything when you find the real human touch to it you find that the people behind the 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 name on on the the tv you then kind of buy into them right so i want to see what it's like on the other end of the scale not necessarily small names but players that may have gone through a bit of a struggle, maybe some young players that are coming through. So I went through the money list and I was like, right, who would be box office? Who's entertaining? Who's not necessarily seen on TV, but I feel like 
could make good entertainment. Um, and just basing it on this year, I went with Harry Higgs, who's currently 66th yeah. box office. Derek Higo, um, yeah. you know, some of someone we know about, but I kind of feel like we only really know about in the last couple of months. It would have been cool to see the young lad coming in at the start of the year. Dylan Fratelli as well, because everything I see, he's quite big on social media. It'd be good to see more yeah. of him. Uh, Jimmy Walker, obviously, he's 166th on the money list for this year, uh, which surprised me a bit because I know he was had he won a major a few years ago and was and then got sick and now he's kind of on that battle he's on that cusp of like constantly fighting to keep his card and then our final player is a player i've seen a few of his, his youtubers probably does a lot of youtube stuff is wesley bryan who's 181st so i was like right we split the big five they follow really closely we see a lot about their their personal life big five players that they follow just on tour and then lesser five who are on the other end of the scale you won't necessarily see on tv and then to wrap it all off i have no idea how they're getting all of this into an hour but i'm <laughs> paid, i'm not paid the big bucks to create it i'm just i'm just giving you the gold um so it's a little bonus feature i want each episode there's going to be a 10 minute segment with a celebrity who'll be playing on a practice round with with one of the tour pros of their choice um, and the goal is there is to, to get them to open up about why they love the game, what they love about it, where they play, their history, their background in the game. And, and yeah, so basically it would almost be an elevator pitch of why us mere mortals should go and play the game. Because mm. most of these celebrities who go and play in pro-ams, we don't see the pro-ams. You know, there's a lot of very shit golfers out there. Some people who we put up on a pedestal, super, super famous people that are actually just like us and are a hack in their way around losing balls and and stuff like that. And it would just be interesting to have that like fairly casual discussion between them and a tour pro in a, in a practice round. That is my show. Our show. And that's the tour. And I would watch that and probably never leave my room. If that was okay. (laughs) Okay. I like it. Good, good first pitch. Tim, any questions or follow up or want to go through anything that you, ideas that you got? I've in this time, I have created uh, a rival pitch, if you like. Great. I've come up with my own idea. Okay, great. Awesome. Uh, great. The, the working title of which is either The Promised Land okay. or Making the Tour, because my series is actually about non-PGA players trying to earn their tour cards. And in a similar way to the way that the uh, F1 Drive to Survive goes. Now, not, you wouldn't do this for every 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 event, obviously, because you'd never have, you'd, no one has enough time to watch that. You'd, you'd maybe pick out like, I don't know, 10 or 12 like key events on, uh, like let's say the Corn Ferry, on the Corn Ferry Tour. Each episode would, inc- would feature one golfer, one specific golfer, and one specific event over that calendar, over, within that calendar season. So you get the backstory of who this player is trying to make the tour, where they come from, the lifestyle of being a corn ferry player trying to make it onto the tour, the trials, tribulations, you see their background. So, for example, it might be that, you know, they're having to check into a not-so-great hotel or they're struggling to actually <laughs> financially they're make sharing with three other people in a two-bed hotel. Precisely. Um, so, yeah, you go for 12 episodes <laughs> regular with one golfer per episode, different events um, per episode, and then you'd have an end of end of season finale where it'd be featured on the last event of the year if you know they're, they're all in tension for the tour cards. And 
what I think you would do to be really, really devilish is right at the end when it's kind of the end of the it's the end of the four days, the end of the tournament, season's coming to an end. What I'm toying with the idea of is cut to black and you don't find out who's got the tour card. That's the start of season two. I mean, that's a big cliffhanger. Also, I feel like if you could just Google it and you'd know the answer. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. So you probably would just tell them. But yeah, all right, so <laughs> mine would be, right, so it'd be the promised land. Yeah, or making the chore. Or making, making the, the tour. Cut. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Making the cut would be a good working title too. Um, I think there's room for both of those. I think you'd have to start with Ben's version and then you'd have, then you'd, an off spin would be get everyone who's loved that show onto the making the tour. I think that would be a really yeah. cool, because people would love that. Like I know in America, like college sports is huge, right? So I feel like that's the kind of very similar kind of vibe. It's that level below seeing people make that next, that next level for sure. My the thing is as well, it would make box office. It's, it's you know, Corn Ferry Tour and that level is cutthroat competition. Like, mm. These players can seriously play and there's so much pressure riding on them winning. You know, mm. the final events to make it get themselves to a card for sure yeah um I, mine was very similar to yours ben uh my only difference was well I'd say main difference was i was only going to cover say five players for a season and the reason because is i want this to be a season two and if we covered the top 30 in season one we're then struggling to cover them again or do you just cover the same players year on year maybe you do um my idea was to go right we're going to take five players um at different areas of their game. So you take a world number one, two, three, four, five, you take someone in the top five. So you take a John Rahm, I definitely threw him in there. You take a Morikawa, you take a Bryson, you take Cam Smith. And this year I was like, you would take, I would always take a rookie. So I want to see someone who's first year on tour this year, it would have happened to have been Wills Alatoris, for example, or <laughs> like, a, you know, ideally someone like that, who just happens to have an absolute wonderful year, but not essential. Because again, you want to see the the ups and the downs of the game. So, and the other thing that so I put a top ten, maybe an eleven to thirty, um, a couple of people in there, and then someone who's at like one hundred and twenty, someone who's like right on the cusp of making the playoffs, um, may or may not miss, you know, may or may miss out on securing their card for next season. So, and I think that's a really interesting person to view because there's, there's almost a bit more pressure. Do you know what I mean? And I think that would be that would make for good for good viewing and really for me as a as a uh, consumer of it all i don't feel like we get ever shown that world like we just get to playoffs and we're like oh here are the people that made the cut and yeah that's that's it pj torby you only ever get see really this idyllic life don't you mm. the best players who you know travel the globe and earn 20 million in a year yeah. and life's pretty cushy but yeah. So I would I would also go down and for me the, the big thing of these shows is as you said Ben it's not just the golf it's actually going who are these people you know, Rory like he's got his family now like the kids you've got I want to see like the coaching I want to see the sponsorship deals being made I want to see the business mm-hmm. side of it I want to see like all the 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 behind the scenes stuff that we just never get made privy to and I think that stuff would be gripping for for me i'd I'd love to see that and i think you buy like the pga had this whole what was i keep remembering forgetting the name of it pip no what was the it is pip yeah pip what does it stand for god knows more cash basically cash money cash money money. 
PIP stands for making cash. Yeah, and I think I think they're they're kind of you know they were saying right we need to get more awareness of the game, and whoever has the biggest social media impact gets ten million quid or whatever it was. I actually think something like this would have a bigger impact because you're getting to know them as people, and I think you what golf I think struggles with because it's not a team sport is it's very difficult to go. I support John Rahm. And I'm 100, like, I'm John Rahm. If John Rahm doesn't win, I'm gutted. Like, and I think a show like this would help create tribes around players. I think you could get your John Rahm fan base. You'd get your Cam Smith fan base because they'd be like, Cam Smith, he just freaking loves fishing. He wants to go do this. That's what he'd spend his 10 million quid. Like, that's what people want. They want to see that. And they go, they then root for Cam Smith. And then in turn, they tune in more to see Cam Smith, if that makes sense. I think that's yeah, what so- would... I, I I mean I don't know how much this sort of thing would would cost. It would probably be more than the pip pot that the PGA Tour put together. But you can't help but think that if you got rid of that, invested in something like this, or, or Netflix or someone took it on, mm. they're going to make a lot more money from that. They're going to generate generate way more interest in the game. And then also you don't have players falsifying stuff to try and generate some interest on social media. They would be able to make serious amounts of cash if they were one of. Yeah. One of the players picked because they could then go to sponsors and say, "I'm going to be one of five players that are yeah. showcased for a whole year. Yeah. Pay me some money," and uh, yeah. they work very easily. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I think you're right. I, I agree. I would. You either go like a full season show, um, or you do it like a recap. So you do like part one is released end of the first four months. Part two is released. Like part three released then, and but then. I don't know. I'm not Netflix. I don't understand how that all stuff works. Uh, the only thing that I had different from you, Ben, really, I think was the name. However, now that I've said making the cut, I really like <laughs> that, that as a name. Uh, but because I was kind of going for like the behind the scenes stuff and being on the inside, I went for inside the ropes. That was going to be my mm. pitch for the, for the name title inside the ropes. Cause that's the areas of the course that we can never get as consumers. And this is then giving us access to, to that area uh so that was my pitch for the for the name but yeah I, I, that's where i'm at nice nice how right do you well feel about those ideas? listeners how do we feel would you listeners would you watch a netflix or amazon whatever show around this we want to know would you watch this and also listeners do you happen to know any amazon or netflix yeah. executives <laughs> yeah. that, that would be interested in having a conversation with uh, us three that would be <laughs> lovely maybe maybe we'll call it uh, a pga tour slice of golf that uh, that i'd be open to so sure yeah you know. um, i'm open to all partnerships <laughs> that's, that's absolutely fine um also i think there's a really good place to wrap it up either of you two want to dive in anything else there no no there you got anything else no, he's a good, okay, I think we should wrap it up there then. I think let's let's end it there with either the tour inside the ropes or making the tour coming to Netflix or Amazon, possibly, probably not, maybe soon. Uh, that, that is all from us this week. Well, well, one thing is for sure, it will be on Facebook in about two or three days. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep your, if, keep we your see eyes this, if we see this or the um, what was it? What was the higher or lower or what was the other thing we discussed today? I don't know. If we see any of this stuff appear on some major publication within the next two or three days, uh, I will be... I don't know what I'll do. I don't got nothing. I don't know what I'll do. So, it's in the boys' round. 
on that note, let's leave it there. Everybody, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you later. Catch you later. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed the show and our ramblings, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review from wherever you get your podcast from. It massively helps us grow the podcast and allows us to put even more into the show. This episode is brought to you by Sunday Red Golf. In our humble opinion, the best club, and possibly slightly biased opinion, the best club in the world for everyone from the sublime to the rubbish, the scratch to the hacker. Uh, If you love your golf, love a bit of competition, don't take yourself too seriously, then come and join us for free right now at sundayredgolf.co.uk. It's also brought to you by Tour Champ. You know when you want to find out which one of your mates is the golfer of the year? That's what Tour Champ will help you do. It's the easiest way to find out. Also, it's free. Set up a league right now. Head on over to tourchamp.co.